Welcome to You Get an Oscar. I am your host, Anthony Martinez. On this podcast, every Monday, I bring on a guest and we talk about a movie of their choosing. For this episode, my guest is DK Hamilton, and we will be talking about the 2017 film Get Out. You can watch this film with a subscription to Hulu or Sling TV. Let's get into the episode. All right. Thanks for coming on to the podcast, DK. So you brought on Get Out uh, to the to the podcast. Uh, this is like a horror thriller. Is this one of your favorite genres or is it just one that you you watch often? Or You know what? It, it's, I do like horror. I'm not like a gore hound. I'm not really big into that. Um, but I've seen, you know, unless it's something that just treats the characters like just bags of meat ready to be disposed of. I don't like, if it makes sense, I don't like mean-spirited horror. Where yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, we're going to introduce all of these horrible people so that when we dispatch of them, you know, you'll laugh and you'll you'll, you'll be glad to get rid of them. <laughs> I don't like the uh, torture, torture porn. I'm not like a Saw or Hostel or whatever, but right, I came up right. on the slasher movies, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween. That was uh, when I was a teen uh, checking those out. But for Get Out, uh, I, I think it's a horror movie, but I think that... Uh, Jordan Peele really, or whomever did the marketing, did a really nice job because, you know, the movie made a ton of money, like quarter billion dollars, and yeah. I think I think it only cost like three or four million, um, and it got people into the theaters that probably don't watch horror, so he called it a social thriller, and I think right. You know, yeah, yeah, it kind of doesn't fit into a lot of the the normal like horror genres that existed before this because this isn't really a a common movie that they put out (laughs) no not at all and that's one of the things i I really like about it and just the the detail on it you know i i I have to confess i've seen the movie like three or four times and when we talked about doing the podcast i'm like i've seen it like so many times i don't need to rewatch it but then i was like eh, you know let's be prepared let's watch it again and sat down and picked up on like five or six things that i hadn't caught uh, you know, the previous times because it's just so dense and it rewards repeated viewings because you're seeing, you know, everything he does in that movie, just about everything he does in that movie is for a purpose. It sets up something else or reflects back on something else in the character's life. And, you know, the first time you go through it, it's like a roller coaster ride. You know, like, okay, everything. And then you, th- you think about it and then you decide to watch it again you're like oh i see why they did this why they had this particular scene what that meant or what this person meant when they said that and it's just really tightly really tightly written it it moves really quickly um but everything in there has a purpose right yeah that's that's what i was going to say as well as after this other watch like the first time you watch it, I mean, you you're, you don't even know what to watch for. But then after you see it, then you're kind of paying attention a little more to different things, and it just keeps every 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 scene has something that you didn't even notice before. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you said that you've watched this movie multiple times. Would you mm-hmm. put this in your top ten favorite movies? You know what? As I watch it, as I just rewatched it, I'm like, oh, this movie's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i actually i i have to say that i really would i really would um it's just it i mean i can't speak highly enough about it i mean there are there are some if i wanted to nitpick i, I have some nitpicks but it's just really solid i guess I, I what i could do is i could nitpick jordan peele a little bit 
going to tell you why. <laughs> so his first movie, right? This is his first movie. He's he's breaking away from uh, the Key and Peele show. He's known for comedy. Yeah. This was a script that he had worked on for years. And his shows is really tight. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you've seen Us. No, the I haven't. I, I keep wanting to, but I haven't ended up watching that yet. Okay. Well, you should check it out. And it, it, it's not a bad movie, but it's not as tightly plotted and scripted and doesn't make as much sense as get out. So get out everything, you know, it's obviously some of the things that, that occur in the movie can't (laughs) probably wouldn't occur. It's not supernatural, but you know, it does get, it pushes the boundaries of, of medical science somewhat, but there's an explanation for everything. And in us, that was a quicker turnaround. And you walk out of us in a different mindset from get out where you're like, you're making these connections. Everything makes sense. And then us, you're like, yeah, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> it just, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fine movie, but yeah, if it, it doesn't hold up, if you, you know, exercise right. any logic in, in it. And then, you know, his new one, I'm looking forward to it, but like oh, the yeah. last two, I mean, I don't know if I remember when get out was announced, I thought it was going to be a comedy one Jordan Peele, right? Two, yeah. it's called Get Out, and I don't know if you if you know the reference to that. No. Uh, okay, so this is me being old. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy does a comedy routine where he talks about uh, one of his uh, bits is that if black people were in horror movies, they would be like five minutes long because <laughs> we will remove ourselves from the situation immediately. So he's like, you know, he comes into this, this house with his wife. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. It's a lovely house. The kids are outside playing. It's a beautiful day. And all of a sudden he hears a voice going, get out. And then he's like, yeah, too bad we can't stay as opposed to, <laughs> right? So when this movie was called get out, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a comedy. But then, the way that they marketed it. And this has been consistent in, in uh, Peele's career. When his movies are announced, they don't explain what's, what it's about. They have this image and the image used in get out was of Daniel uh, Kaluuya's uh, character, Chris, but all you can see is his face dead on his face. His eyes are really bright and there. He's crying and his mouth is agape right. as if he's, you know, horrified or terrified. And it doesn't explain why. And that image without any other background freaked me out before I even knew what the movie's <laughs> about. Cause you, in your head, you're like, what could have, could make him have this expression. Right. And it kind of did the same with us. You didn't know what us was about. And you really don't know much about what Nope is about. You know, it started off with an image of this like kite going up in the sky. I don't know what that means. I mean, now <laughs> it looks like it's going to be something about aliens, but still I, I couldn't tell you, I, I have no idea, nor has he really mm-hmm. disclosed it. So going into Get Out, you really don't know what it's about. And you try to fill in like, okay, this seems familiar. Okay, so this predates me. I'm old, but this predates me. Are you familiar with like the Stepford Wives? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought like, it was going like to be like that. Perfect image of uh, like a, a person. Yeah. For women. Yeah. Okay. So in, in Stepford Wives, it was the, these these women, they would come into this town uh, you know, some reaction to the uh, women's liberation movement in the 60s and 70s. These women come in, they're headstrong with their, with their husbands, and then something happens, and they're all these perfect housewives with no independent will of their own, living only to serve the, the individual. So I was like, oh, this is the Black Stepford wives <laughs> basically going in. And that the characters, and I'm sorry, I know you're going to go into the plot, that the characters were somehow 
you know, going through a similar process where they're, and then you find out, nope, not quite. That's not what happens. And then, (laughs) you know, the the twist, you really don't find out what, what is going on until very, very late in the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say how like this one, he, I did see he, he rewrote the, wrote the script like, like 60 times or something like that. And then coming out with us, not coming out, not being as as good. There's a lot like uh, comedians who like they spend like 10, 15 years working on their first album. And then it's like they spent so long on that material that, of course, it's going to be solid. And then their second album comes out and it's not as strong because they are trying to turn around something without even working these bits as long as uh, their previous special. Yep, absolutely. Trying to hit, you know, do the next thing while they're still hot. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into the plot. So the movie starts off with um, Andre. He's kind of walking around the suburbs alone. It's at night, and he sees this like sports car kind of following him. So then he starts to get a little freaked out, and uh, he starts walking faster from the way he came. Um, he ends up seeing that car again, and it's parked, and the doors opened. And then he gets attacked by this guy in like a medieval helmet. Um, and then they knock him out and put him into the car. Um, and then it kind of cuts to Rose and Chris at Chris's apartment. And these are the main characters. Well, it's mostly Chris, but Rose is there as well. Um, she comes to the apartment with like some pastries and coffee. Um, and they're talking about how they're going to go visit her family over the weekend. And he's kind of concerned that they don't know that he's, a black guy and she's a white girl um, and talking about how she doesn't think her parents are going to mind because they're very progressive. And then she tells him that he's the only black guy that she's dated and she's sure the parents will be cool with it. Um, so then it cuts to them like riding in a car, driving to her parents' house. Chris starts to smoke a cigarette, but then Rose like throws it out saying her parents wouldn't approve. And he calls his friend Rod um, and reminds him to feed the dog and not to give the dog people food. (laughs) And Rod is not okay with him dating a a white woman and tells him uh, he shouldn't be going to visit uh, the white folks because it's a bad idea. (laughs) And this is uh, while they're like on speakerphone. So she's she's hearing everything he's saying. And then while they're on the phone, they're kind of distracted a little bit and he runs into a deer uh, and they hit it. Um, She runs. She's driving. Oh, yeah. She she drives. She's driving. She runs and hits a deer. Uh, So then they like pull over and check it out. And they like uh, the police end up coming. And when the police arrive, they ask him what they're doing in the area. um, And they asked for Chris's ID. Mm-hmm. even though he wasn't the one who was driving and Rose like steps up for him and tells him that he wasn't the one driving. So there's no need for him to show his ID and they kind of let him go. Mm-hmm. And Chris tells her that it was uh, kind of hot how he stood up for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which this is kind of like putting like the whole theme of it uh, where you're definitely going to get a lot of like, it's like hitting racial issues. Sure. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, I mean, put it this way. So this movie probably hit on different levels, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, depending on audience. And let, me, and let me tell you, when I first saw the movie, I was in uh, Washington, D.C., right? I was there on business. Um, 
I had some time between, you know, sessions that I had to attend and I wanted to see it. So I'm like, I'm going to go see uh, the movie. It went by myself. The theater was packed. This is down. Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, whatever. DC is very diverse during the day. It gets more segregated at night, whatever. But this theater is packed and it's everybody. Anybody you could think of. (laughs) Different races, different ages. This is all in the theater. And the energy in this thing, this movie is just pulsating. I mean, it's just, and you know, (laughs) as we talk about the movie, I tell you about the, uh, but that was the best way to see this movie. Um, as it is with, I think, a lot of horror movies that, right. you know, you see it with a bunch of people, it really heightens the experience. But for me, and this this may be, maybe I'm biased, one of the reasons why this movie resonated with me so strongly is because of the experiences that I recognize that the Chris character exhibited throughout the movie. So I've had interracial relationships before. There is, you know, some of the relationships you're like, you know, you meet the parents, you're like, oh, what are they going to think? <laughs> yeah. You know, what is what is that going to be like? And there's a certain amount of apprehension and the energy can be weird. Now, what really strikes me about the movie, and I don't know how you want to do it, you know, as far as you know, getting the plot, maybe I'm skipping ahead. But uh, you, you can go ahead and hit and hit like a later part of the plot. if, if Just not the uh, not so much the plot, but just the the, the overall um, okay, I'll just say it flat out. The villains in this movie are progressive white people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just is, right? Uh, that, yeah. They just are. That, that Those are the villains in, in the movie. And it's really interesting in the experiences uh, you know, that I've had or and I, and I, you know, talked to other black people about different forms of racism. So when I say the villains of the movie are progressive or liberal white people. I don't know. Some of your listeners would be like, see, I told you liberals are racist and it's not the conservatives <laughs> and whatever. No, conservatives, that's a whole other thing, right? right, <laughs> so right. It's just different varieties. It's different. <laughs> you know, it's different forms, of, different strains of racism, like there's different <laughs> strains of viruses. But it really hits for, I don't know if it's the first time, but certainly most prominent where the villains themselves I think are legitimately progressive. I really do. Right. You know, they, they have a conversation, you know, I would vote for Obama three times, this and that. I have no doubt that the guy probably did vote for Obama twice. Right. And, and their racism is, is different. It's, it's not in the, um, I hate black people. And you know, it, it's, I mean, it's this really weird relationship with black people in which there are certain characteristics that they admire, that they appreciate, um, but not the entirety. So it's the more, okay, what are their physical or artistic gifts? Not their intellectual necessarily, but certainly their physical. Right. We could talk about the party, you know, when you get, when you get to that point, but at no time does anyone utter a racial epithet, even though they do horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> to black people. You know, they're not, you know, it's, it's not the redneck backwoods, you know, these are affluent, uh, you know, they, but they're kind of vampirish in the sense of taking what well, the thing that they take away from black people specifically is agency. Mm. I mean, which, so that's why, you know, I watched this and this resonates, it's terrifying. So I've been in the room. I've been, in, in fact, when I, uh, I saw the movie, I was actually living in a very progressive New England college town. Mm-hmm. And it's 
just as scary as some of the shows that I did <laughs> in, you know, rural Indiana, UP right. Michigan, you know, uh, you know, what have you. It's just a different strain. So mm-hmm. it's more of an insidious thing. So yeah. the parents go out of their way to make him feel comfortable, to make him feel welcome, but there's still this weirdness, right? Right. There's still right. this, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway. It's, yeah. yeah they, it's like, it's funny because you brought up the, like the voted for Obama three times thing. Uh, the have, yeah. actor yep. who played uh, Dean did not realize that was satirical. <laughs> What until he thought that was like a genuine thing, and then yeah. after he watched the movie when it came out, he realized like, oh no, that's not a good thing. Like that's not helping or anything <laughs> like that. And that's like what what the issue with a lot of like like white liberals is they assume that because they want to help, even if they say stuff like this, like yeah. they're they're still on their side when really it's like not it's not as helpful as as they believe. That's right. And if there's a perception that they're good, they're inherently mm-hmm. good people because the bad people, the bad quote unquote white people are the undereducated. They're the rural. They wear the red hats. They listen to, you yeah. know, the, or watch this news. They, and they don't understand that there are things that they do on a regular basis that are harmful, that are, pre- you know, race or racist and prejudice. Um, but they don't recognize it in themselves. So, so part of my surprise at how well this movie did is the people who really championed it, the critics and, and whatnot, were the people that were the villains in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, you're right. So yeah, they uh, they do arrive at their uh, at her parents' house, and you meet Dean, who's her father, and is a ne- neurosurgeon, and he tells Chris that he would have voted for Obama three times if he could. <laughs> Um, and then you meet Missy, who is her mother, and she's like a hypnotherapist. And she offers to cure his nicotine habits, but Chris says he doesn't want anyone like messing around in his mind. Um, so then uh, her parents have two people who are working for them. It's Walter, who's the groundkeeper, and uh, Georgina, who's the maid, and they're both black. And Dean acknowledges that it looks bad that the wealthy white people have uh, black helpers. He says they were hired to take care of his parents, and after they passed away, Dean would have felt bad for letting them go. So that's why they're still there. Well, um, let me stop you there, because yeah. that's something, you know, as I'm watching it again, what he said was, we had a hard time, you know, we just had a hard time letting them go. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking about, <laughs> you know, he wasn't talking about those individuals. He's talking about his parents. Right, right, yeah. But, he, but you know, you don't know that. He's actually literally telling Chris the truth here, but Chris is right. assuming because he doesn't know the full story. So it's like it's like it's that type of thing. It's really you know you watch it like wow, it's 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 there. It's not even you know there. It's not even subtext. It's, it's explicit. You just don't understand what he meant until you've seen the whole uh, the whole movie. Yeah. So then uh, Dean gives Chris uh, a house tour and he shows him like an old family photo. Um, he tells him how his dad was a track runner who was beaten by Jesse Owens at the Olympics. Um, and even though he was beaten by Jesse Owens, he was happy that like Hitler's idealism was proven wrong. Um, cause Hitler was like the Aryan race was going to beat everybody at the Olympics. Yep. Um, and then you also see a picture of her brother, Jeremy, who was also a surgeon, but kind of had like a, uh, 
was going through like a rough patch. Um, so then they are cut to a scene where it's like the family is drinking tea and Missy taps her spoon on the teacup three times. And then that's something that is kind of key to the film later on. Um, mm. And then Missy is talking, uh, asks Chris about his parents and he tells her that his father left when he was young and that his mother died in a car accident at the age of 11. And then when he says this, uh, Georgina kind of like short circuits while she's like pouring tea and like overfills it. And then um, she like start or she tells Missy tells Georgina to like go lie down, mm-hmm. which is something that kind of happens multiple times with a lot of these uh, people because they're mm-hmm. like other they're the person who's actually inside is like yeah. starting to yeah. come out but, right um, but yeah you don't know that until after you've watched the movie <laughs> uh, so then they tell Rose that they're having like this big party tomorrow and that uh, she's kind of surprised even though they have this they have the party the same day every year um, and then Jeremy shows up and he's like automatically just like an aggressive person the whole time. Um, so then uh, at dinner, Jeremy gets drunk and he starts talking about MMA to Chris and he tells Chris that he would be a natural at it because he comes from hardy stock. <laughs> that was genetics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that he tells, uh, he tells Chris that he wants to spar, but Chris tells him that he has a rule about play fighting with drunk people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. which is pretty solid rule that <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> so then uh, Rose and Chris go to her room and she like apologizes for her family and they go to sleep. But in the middle of the night, Chris uh, like wakes up and he goes and sneaks out and goes, has a cigarette. And while he's outside, he sees this figure charging him from a distance um, and it turns out to be Walter and he's just like sprinting straight at him. And then right before he like runs into Chris, he turns right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he sees Georgina. It looks like she's watching him from the window, but really she's like looking at her own reflection. Mm-hmm. So she like adjusts her hair and then this kind of causes Chris to want to go back inside. Cause he's kind of creeped out, which I think I would be too. <laughs> right. Somebody sprinted at me like that. <laughs> So that was like one of my like I think that was in the trailer. Yeah, it was in the trailer. It's just it's such like a creepy scene, and nothing yeah. happens, but it's just no. like just like his face and everything. He's got like a kind of like a straight face while no sprinting effect. at like a just, yeah yeah just running like you know he's elsewhere, but his body is just coming you know straight at you, and the guy is huge, just huge, right. you know. But yeah, that was one of the images of this this person just just you know coming at you full. Full speed. Full speed, yeah. Um, so then he goes back inside, and when he's walking back to his room, uh, Missy kind of startles him by, like, turning on the light and tells him that smoking's a bad habit. And she offers to help him again with hypnotism, but he denies it. But he's, like, sitting down in a chair talking to her, and then she starts to hypnotize him using the teacup and the spoon, but he doesn't even realize it's happening. Um, and she kind of takes him back to the night where his mom died and he tells her that his mom didn't come home from work and he was like too afraid to call the police or anything. So then he just sat, uh, sat there watching TV, digging his nails into his bedpost. Mm -hmm. And then like in actual time, Chris was doing that same thing to the chair 
Um, and then she taps the teacup three times again, like before, and tells him to sink. And uh, the 11 year old Chris sinks into the bed, and like the adult Chris sinks into like blackness, which they call the sunken place. Yep. And he can see himself and Missy like way above him, but he's like unable to move or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So then he wakes up the next morning and he checks his phone. And Rod sent him a picture of uh, him pretending to give his dog a beer, <laughs> which Rod was like, he was in this movie, like at the perfect, they, they planned it kind of perfectly. Cause like they like got like a really intense scene and then they mm-hmm. like jump to Rod and Rod like lightens the mood and everything, Yeah, uh, which they do multiple times. But yeah, that was very funny. Um, so then he starts to charge his phone and cause his phone's almost dead and he tells Rose that he thinks his mom hypnotized him and that he doesn't really remember much of that evening. And then her parents, uh, it's like the next day. So her parents, wealthy friends arrive for the party and it's mostly older white people who are saying like kind of inappropriate things like <laughs> how he has a good build and how like Tiger Woods is black and has a good golf swing. So Chris must have a good golf swing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Uh, so then Chris ends up walking into um, a blind art dealer named Jim Hudson, yep. who says that he admires Chris's work. Um, and he tells him that even though he's blind, he has an assistant who is really good at describing artwork to him. And um, when he gets back to, uh, Chris goes back to the party and he finds a, a black guy who's his age, who ends up being Andre from the earlier part of the movie. And I don't know why when I first watched this movie, I didn't even realize that it was him at first. I'll tell you why. You know, why? there is two reasons. OK, and I'm glad you mentioned this. And I want to talk about the party a little bit more, too. In the initial scene, right, um, Andre is walking through the neighborhood. He's not really brightly lit. That's one mm-hmm. thing. You don't get a really good look, full look at his face, right? And he's bearded. He's got he's got, he's got oh, a yeah, lot more yeah. facial hair, right? And his hair is longer. You know, well, obviously, uh, Logan is wearing the hat. Um, so I, that was another thing that I picked up when I watched it most recently for the, for the podcast. It was like, yeah, you know, you the audience didn't know for the most part. And I think what maybe spoiled it a little bit for me is that I knew the actor. I knew Lakeith Stanfield's voice. I knew him from doing other things. And so when he showed up later on, I was like, oh yeah, that's him. But again, I'm thinking he's been hypnotized and now he's the Stepford person not knowing where we're going. But let me go back to the party because all right, the party is really what what, okay, so these interactions, they're all very specific. You hit it right on the head where you talked about the person who was a former pro golfer, but no longer had the hip strength and and, flexibility to, to play anymore. But every interaction that he had going up until the incident with Logan was somebody making a comment about his physicality all right except for the art dealer right the art dealer talks about his eye but again we're talking about either appreciation for the physical or appreciation for the creative right the pro athlete the musician logan by the way uh andre was a jazz musician okay they didn't say it explicitly in the movie through dialogue but when 
Rod was Googling him and, and talking about dismissing, he was identified as being a jazz musician. Oh, so again, yeah, there was this this gift, this this uh, talent, and more of a gift. You have to develop, especially in jazz. Jazz is extremely intellectual, and jazz you know requires a lot of you know uh, practice, rehearsal, and whatnot. But but either way, those are the characteristics that um, the these people at the party were looking to, to gain. So right. was really striking, and what I didn't notice until again, this is like the fifth time I'm seeing the movie, but I didn't catch it until now. There's a scene where it's a man who is he, he he's got um, oxygen. He's on an oxygen tank. He's he's I believe in a wheelchair. He's certainly not standing, mm-hmm. and he doesn't speak. But his wife is the one who just goes up to Chris and starts feeling his muscles, feeling his his biceps, feeling you know, and you know, and asking explicitly to Rose, is it true? Is it better? You know, talking. About oh, sex, yeah, yeah. Right now. Here's what I caught. <laughs> and I actually rewinded it just so I can make sure I caught it. Rose in that scene. Signaled that woman to stop, stop, stop talking, not in the you're being rude, but like. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so she yeah, it, 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 it's 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 there because I re- rewound the scene a couple of times to make sure that uh, I caught that that I was uh that I was reading that right and she actually gave her a little signal it's like you know somebody saying something that you know this you know, like you're talking about something that the other person doesn't know you don't want them to know you like, mm, you know stop right and, and and it's in there but yeah every one of these characters is you know they're either again a, a former pro golfer um uh, again she the, the guy who is um you know disabled even the art dealer and the art dealer is really interesting to me because he's literally blind all right and i think that is significant especially when we're talking about types of racism that that goes across he is the i don't see color guy yeah right yeah i think i don't see color he even says it you know they ask later on why us i don't know (laughs) know? he (laughs) he says it's it's not you know that's them that's not me so it's two things one he's saying he's one of the good ones right because he doesn't see color he doesn't he doesn't care he wants Chris for his eye. He still wants Chris. He still wants to inhabit his body. He's no better than any of the other ones. He's just justifying it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's significant. And it's something that, again, maybe I'm picking that up because of you know my experiences. But I thought it was intentional that the character that ultimately, you know, is, is set up for the swap is the blind, the color, the person who doesn't see color. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're going to Logan, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're we're on Logan, um, and he since he's somebody his age, and he's also like one of the only other the black only, people there, well, other than Georgina and Walter. Yep. Yeah, he's trying to like kind of bond with him, but he discovers that he's like really like stiff and like kind of unnatural, um, similar to the way Walter and Georgina are. Uh, but he thought that he, the guy seemed familiar. Um, yeah, so he thought he was seemed familiar, but he didn't know. He couldn't, like, point it off offhand. So mm-hmm. then uh, Chris goes to check in with Rod again, and he finds out that his phone was unplugged. So his phone was almost dead, started charging it, so now it's still on low battery. So he plugs it back in, and he calls Rod to tell him what's been going on. And Rod tells him uh, white people love to have sex slaves. <laughs> <laughs> and that he needs to get out of there. Right. 
and uh, Rose finds Chris and he says that uh, things or Chris tells her that things are pretty weird and she tells him it's probably because he's like in an uncomfortable situation and he just agrees and leaves it alone. Um, so then uh, while he's on the phone with Rod, he told him to take a picture of, of Logan, who's mm-hmm. Andre, uh, mm-hmm. to see if he can remember him. And as he's about to leave, he kind of gets stopped by Georgina, Georgina, and she like apologizes for unplugging his phone. And he says uh, he didn't mean to snitch on her, but she was like <laughs> confused about this turn of phrase. And so he had to like explain it to her. And then uh, she gets kind of weird. And then she like sheds a tear with like, she's like crying, but her, she's got like a happy, like smile on while she's talking about how the family treats her like she's part of the family and right um so yeah we we get back to the party and chris tries to take a picture of andre but he had the flash on and didn't realize it and then when he takes a picture of him uh he tell he like kind of freaks out and he tells chris to to get the fuck out while you can <laughs> right uh yeah so then dean Tell, like Rose is trying to figure out what happened. Dean tells her that the flash must have caused him to have a seizure and that like um, Logan comes out and apologizes for upsetting everybody and then tells them that he's going to go home. Hmm. Um, so then Chris and Rose go out for a walk and he still thinks of a, something strange is going on. Um, and he, she, he said he wants to go home and she reluctantly agrees so then they get back to the house where or it's showing back at the house. Dean is having like a silent auction mm-hmm. for Chris's body. It's got like a picture of Chris and everybody's putting up uh, like cards to do it. Um, silent Jim, auction. Yeah. yeah. Jim Hudson ends up winning the auction. And so then the other guests go home and Jim is the, the art dealer. Mm-hmm. And then Chris gets back to the house and he gets a call from Rod who tells him the guy's named Dre and that he's been missing for some time. And then Chris's phone dies and he noticed the, there was a closet door that was open and he like looks through it and he finds a box filled with Rose posing romantically with a bunch of black people or a bunch mm-hmm. of different black people. Mm-hmm. Um, two of those and are Walter and Georgina who don't look uh, like robotic and uh, mm-hmm. they look so strange um, right. in the photos. Um, so then he is attempting to leave, but he can't find his keys. Jeremy's blocking the door and Dean and Missy are there trying to get Chris to calm down. Um, he's yelling for Rose to get the keys. And then she like holds up the keys and says, you know, I can't give you these keys, which is like, that's probably where it's like, <laughs> oh, that's the terror. The terror. <laughs> like, oh, she's, right. she's in on this too. Like there's right. nobody, everybody's against me here. Mm-hmm. So then Jeremy attacks Chris uh, and then Missy clinks the teaspoon on her glass and it gets Chris to go back into the sunken place. And Rod is attempting to call Chris, but he just goes to voicemail. So then he ends up going to the police station and tells an officer that his friend was kidnapped by uh, a few white folks and they're trying to uh, turn him into a sex slave. 
And then he also tells him about how Andre is there too, who has been missing. And then she ends up calling over some other officers to listen to the story, but then they just uh, laugh at him and don't take him seriously. So then uh, Chris wakes up and he's strapped to a chair in front of a mounted deer head. And he's watching a video by Dean's father talking about like immortality. Um, And then Chris sees that, uh, the, there's fingernails, like his fingernails marks are in the chair and it's, you can see like the stuffing and everything in the chair. So then, uh, the teacup and the spoon clink three times on the screen and then he gets knocked out again. Um, Rod calls Chris again, but Rose answers this time. And she tells him that Chris left two days ago and she's been worried about him. And she claims that he took some kind of taxi or an Uber or something like that. But Rod says that he went to the police and then she kind of gets concerned about that. And he realizes something is wrong and he attempts to record the call. But when he does that, she starts talking about how she knows that he wants her. And then he calls her a crazy bitch and hangs up. (laughs) Yeah, so then we have Chris. Uh, he wakes up again, and he sees Jim Hudson on the screen, and he's telling Chris that they're going to swap brains and that the other people at the party have already like had their brains swapped. And he's kind of telling them about the whole like situation of what actually has been happening. So then uh, Dean and Jeremy prep the transplant, and Dean tells him to go get Chris. But what Chris did... Um, when he noticed like the stuffing and stuff is he put it in his ear. So when the the glass went off again, he didn't actually hear it. He was pretending to be knocked out. So then Jeremy comes, uh, gets his restraints off and then Chris knocks him out. And then Dean goes to look for Jeremy cause he was calling for him and he didn't come back. And then Chris rushes him with the deer head that he found um, in there and then he knocks over a candle and like the place starts to light up on fire. And then Rose is listening. She's got like headphones on with like really loud music and she can't hear anything. And so then when Chris gets upstairs, he finds Missy. She goes to get the teacup, but Chris beats her to it and smashes the cup. Then they wrestle with a knife for a bit and then he ends up stabbing her and killing her and then he's trying to go out the front door but jeremy came back from being knocked out put him in a chokehold and they keep like getting to the door and then he's kicking the door so then after this happens a few times once he jeremy puts his leg up to kick the door chris stabs him in the leg and then he like smashes his head a few times with some stomps And then he gets in Jeremy's car and that's where you can see the medieval helmet from earlier on in the movie. So you do know that it was him who did it and he's going down the driveway and he ends up hitting Georgina and he was about to drive away, but then he remembered how like his mom was just left for dead after a hit and run. So he ends up putting her back in the car and starts to drive away, but then she wakes up and attacks him and they ended up crashing into a tree and she dies. Um, Rose finally realizes what's going on. She ends up chasing Chris with the rifle. She sees Georgina is dead, and she like calls like she calls her grandma. So you know that the grandma and the grandpa are in Georgina and Walter. 
Um, so she attempts to shoot Chris, but misses. And then Walter runs past Rose and tackles Chris. They wrestle to the ground. And then Chris manages to take a picture of him with the flash on. So then like Walter gets up and tells Rose to give him the rifle and she gives him the rifle. Then he shoots Rose and then he puts the gun on himself and shoots himself. So then Rose is bleeding on the ground and she tries to get to the gun, but Chris smacks it away. And then he like starts choking her, but then he decides not to kill her. And then you see a police car pull up or like a car with lights on it. You assume is the police. Um, Rose starts calling for help because she knows that the police would take her side over his side. Mm -hmm. But then it's Rod who steps out of the car and they like get, in a, get into the car and drive away and uh he says man i told you not to go in that house <laughs> <laughs> which perfect payoff right because rod's character was the voice of the audience basically right right him, don't do this don't do this don't do this and despite everything that happens and his character you know is the comic relief uh for the movie mm-hmm. all that set up set up set up set up and then even though his best friend is covered in blood, is traumatized, is shot, he still had to say, I told you not to go out of that house. Which is so real. Because I promise you that would happen. happen. Despite, you know, everything else that uh you know took place before then. because you could even see it. He did such a great job there because he's like he doesn't want to say it. You could tell he doesn't want to say it. And then he's just, he's like, you know what? I am going to say it. I told you not to go. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. Did you see, have you ever seen the uh, alternate ending? No, but I, doing my research, I had came across where he's supposed to like go to prison and yeah. then, um, go to prison for all of it. But what, why they changed it is because they had like, before like a movie comes out they like always have people Test. watch it yeah. see what yeah like the testing and just too many people were not happy with with that <laughs> ending <laughs> i couldn't handle it i think you know what it, it's I, I can't say it wouldn't have been a realistic ending right but i couldn't handle it i i, right. I mean I, I'm, I'm glad they did it the way uh that they did um but let me you know so i'm telling you i'm going to see this i, I see this movie in this again packed diverse uh movie crowd and when those lights hit, it was amazing. There was two separate types of energy flowing in that room. <laughs> Seriously. One was, oh, thank God he's safe. And mm-hmm. the other, the black audience <laughs> was like, this is even worse. This is worse. <laughs> <laughs> because here you have this character covered in blood on top of this white woman with his you know, <laughs> hands around her throat where you know he would just been shot just i mean right it just right. happened and i actually i had talked about it on i, I think i made a facebook status or, or whatever and i know one of uh, my friends who happens to be white was like yeah i thought the police you know i didn't think he was in danger i thought he was okay i'm like it's, isn't it amazing how you can have two really different responses and i think that says a lot where you know the police coming is in 180 degree different based right. upon who's in the audience. One sees it as, oh, thank goodness, he's, you know, they're here. He's going to be helping. The other one's like, nope, this is even worse. This is, this is worse. After all the stuff he's done, this is going to be his end. But then when we saw it was Rod, everyone was just 
you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, just just rose out of their seats. But uh, but yeah. even that is kind of insane. Like how there's still people who don't like see this is is an, is is insane. Like, of course, so many people like because of all of the the news, like mm-hmm. for the last however many years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 as long as Just, we've had news to be honest but go ahead <laughs> exactly yeah yeah but even now how much easier it is to hear news like mm-hmm. even if you're not yeah, trying yeah. to hear news if you're just on facebook or something you're going to hear so many stories about um just black people being mistreated by police and just how yeah. how are you still not understanding that this is a thing is, is kind of insane right and you know what and, and i absolutely think that that's majority i i will be fair and say maybe some of it is horror movie trope that mm-hmm. you know the person survives until you know they're rescued everything is going to be okay but i think 90 percent of it is, is, is the other <laughs> thing <laughs> so but uh that's why rose you know um rose her character there are still people, and Allison Williams, the actress, even said this. There are still people who believe that she wasn't in on it. And I'm like, how do you not? I mean, <laughs> what else do you need? And I think it's yeah. because we assume. And I, and I think this also goes back to, you know, the quote unquote politics of the movie. We're going to assume that, well, women, you know, versus men are, are less racist. Women are are you know, by nature, kind, nice, even though the, the biggest villain in the movie to me was actually uh, Mrs. Armitage, or that's actually interesting. I'm glad I said Mrs. They're both doctors. Right. Right. Both of them are doctors, but both of them, and I I, I watch movies with closed captioning, both of them were, were referred to as Mr. and Ms. or Mr. and Mrs. And I'm like, that's weird because they're both doctors. And maybe it's because they were both doctors and they didn't want to confuse in the audience. Yeah. I don't think that was intentional, but there are so many things in the movie that you go back and look and you're like, oh, he is working on a lot of different levels. Let's go back Mm -hmm. to the beginning. Do you know what kind of car um, Rose was driving when they were going up north? No. A a Lincoln. Now, here's... (laughs) this is amazing so and then the um the interaction with the police officer she stopped you know the first time you're watching it you're like oh she's sticking up for him she's sticking up for his rights she's using essentially using her privilege against right. this uh police officer so that he doesn't look at uh he doesn't take uh, chris's id but then you watch it again, and like, yes, he didn't want the police to know the you know, the ID because right. if he's reported missing, that police officer said, "Oh yeah, I ran his 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 ID. I saw him with this." You know, uh, she had an ulterior motive. I so, didn't. That didn't even like. I didn't even catch that until right. <laughs> I mean, this it's second. just a wild. That's the thing about this movie. It's like, and, and I think it's because. 60 different drafts of the movie you're thinking about it you know you have years to think about it you're like oh you know it'd be cool if we did this and you could put that in the script um and that's why i think it's so much of a better movie than than us which came out maybe a year or two after so it was you know real quick us is not a bad movie it just doesn't hold together logically as tightly at all uh as get out but there's just so many things that are that are in there um you know, there's a scene with where Rod is, well, it's a few things. So Rod is Googling um, Andre 
And if you look at the Google stories, one of the things was saying that the family was outraged because the police stopped search. They didn't, you know, they were like, yeah, we're not going to search. And right, right. there, that it, that's in there for a reason. You know, it's easier. Maybe one of the reasons why, well, we know the reasons why is physical and creative, but one of the reasons why it's easier to kind of get away with it is because these people can go missing. And how, you know, how aggressively are people going to really search for them? Right. You know, so it's just little bits and pieces. But Rod is on the phone trying to reach Chris, which, by the way, let me say one thing about horror movies these days. (laughs) Cell phones have done more to harm horror movies than anything else, because every movie now has to address why you can't just call for help on your cell phone. Right. So in this, you know, they do work it in. It's like he keeps seeing that somebody is unplugging his his phone. I don't know how his phone is. I know it was a Windows phone. That was weird. But um, uh, (laughs) it doesn't hold the charge worth anything. (laughs) You know, it it was always. I think what what they kind of did, though, is normally people charge their phone at night, like when they're sleeping. But he probably took it out when he was going for a smoke. So then. It probably wasn't fully charged, and then it's draining overnight. And then the next day, he tries to put it in, plug it in, and then he like leaves it. But then somebody unplugs it again, so he never had a chance to have it at full. So yeah, yeah I mean, true. it kind of makes sense for the story. Yeah, but I think is they had to spend a lot of time right to address it because the logical thing would have been, well, he could just call Rod or you know whatever there you know it was always a challenge for him i mean they could have also said i mean he he the um mr armitage did say the only neighbor anywhere near was like across the lake i'm sure cell phone coverage was horrible there maybe that could have been you know or you know but right. uh but then you have wi-fi calling so then you have wi-fi but that. you know then it's like oh we're having problems with our eye or our wi-fi our wi-fi is down or you know why is my why isn't the password working all oh, my dad's been working on it i don't know what's going on you know right. th- but the point still stands you always have to explain now <laughs> why <laughs> unless you know you do the period piece where it's the 70s or the 80s or, or what have you now yes yeah, ruined i mean friday the 13th halloween all of these movies if uh cell phones were available back in uh in the 80s would be like five minutes long <laughs> but okay yeah. so going back all right so we've talked about uh you know the arc of the movie and whatnot i will say the third act is where things started to get a little wobbly and I was, and here's the thing. This is the thing I was trying to figure out when I was watching it this time is the, the period of time after the auction and the climax of the movie, because it's supposed to take place over a matter of days. But if you're watching the scenes from Chris's perspective or where uh, Chris's part, it yeah. seems like it all happened that night. Right. But with Rod, right. he, you see it bright daylight and then it's dark and then it's you know he's at the police station and it's bright daylight and then it's dark and he does say he does say he was supposed to be home two days ago and he didn't come Mm -hmm. back so it was two days but it didn't feel like two days it it all really seemed like it was that night uh all right and like Um, so if you have somebody knocked out or like in a chair for two days like they're going to go to the bathroom. Yeah, like, exactly. What, were they like cleaning them up and then putting them back? Like, yeah, that, for two days, that's a lot of stuff that they have to like do to maintain him yeah. while keeping him like restrained and everything like that. Yeah. 
No, exactly. Now, yes, he was in and out of consciousness a lot, but you're right. There, there's still, uh, still that time. And I suspect, I don't know. I actually have the screenplay. My, uh, my daughter likes the movie and I got her the screenplay. I know I've read the screenplay before. I, I didn't, I probably should have read it before this. I also think something is missing in, in the climax because once Chris sees the pictures, there's no hesitation on his part about trusting her after that. He sees right. that she told him that he was the only black person she had ever been with. And he sees this gang of photos with her <laughs> men, women, what have you. And he's like, we got to go. <laughs> let's, let's go. And, you right. know, without a, it's kind of weird. I mean, there, there, it seems like there's something, there had to be something in there that would cause him after making all of these really good reads and, and, and good decisions under the circumstances for him to get that information and immediately trust her to get up and go with him was weird. Now right. I suspect there's something or he believed that she was hyp- hypnotized by her mother that she was involved, but there's nothing in there that explicitly gave him that sense or will cause exactly. him to believe that. So when she's, by the time she was looking for the keys, there was no suspense for the audience because we were like, dude, you saw the picture. Exactly. <laughs> all, all, the, all those people there. Why do you think she's going to, you know, have the keys? Right. And But what they did really nicely is the positioning of the family. They are surrounding him, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the conversation, which this is the closest they got to, quote unquote, race. Uh, explicit racism in a movie is during the dinner where the brother, and let me tell you about brothers having been in interracial <laughs> relationships. I've, I've met that guy. I knew that <laughs> I've met that guy before, but he's talking about mixed martial arts and how it's like chess and you have to be, you know, it's about the mind. It's not about strength. You know, you say it, all of this stuff. And there's this other, you know, there's other, the father during, or the grandfather, excuse me, during the uh, video that Chris is watching, we're saying, you know, you guys have all these gifts, but with our determination and your gifts, we can be, you know, it's a perfect yeah. partnership as if there is no determination on the other side or there's no, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's purely physical. Um, but the, the brother is talking about how they're thinking all these steps ahead and they're moving like chess pieces when he is talking to Rose and trying to, you know, get her to go and stuff. They are getting into position. And, you know, by the, by the time he, uh, you know, he realizes what's going on, he does hesitate, but, you know, you could tell he's trying to figure out what, what the next step is. Anyway, they, they've already got him in checkmate. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I can go on forever. I know we can't, but oh, no uh, problem. Yeah, this, is, a, uh, this is a good movie and it's definitely easy to, to talk about every single part of this movie. Like, yeah. Very in depth. Um, so now what we're going to do is we're going to give this movie uh, an Oscar, uh, yeah. which it's actually won uh, an Oscar for original screenplay, yep. and then it was uh, it was Jordan Peele who got that, and then nominated for directing for Jordan Peele, um, mm-hmm. actor in a leading role, and then uh, best picture, but it did not win any of those. So um, I could go first with sure. the. Uh, Oscar, I would give this movie um, would be for Lil Rel for being the only <laughs> likable TSA agent ever. I love it. I love it. That is that is the absolute truth. That is great. <laughs> I want to give the Oscar. Oh shoot! 
I didn't look up her name. The actress who played Georgina. Oh, I could find that in a second. Yeah, let's let, let's give her an Oscar. She wasn't nominated for best, and she had a very small part, but for a you know screen time to genius ratio, uh, she's up there. So I would give her the Oscar for most emotions expressed non-verbally in the, in the <laughs> shortest amount of time, because when uh, Chris confronted her. And you could tell that the person inside of her was trying to fight. And she's like, no, you know, you think she's talking to Chris, but she's not talking to Chris. She's talking to the person that's in the sunken place inside of her. And her tears are coming down and she's doing stuff with her face and her voice and her demeanor that are different. She's acting two. she's acting for two different characters at one time with her face doing different things. And so. I, I would give her all the Oscars for that. Yes. That is, yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Betty G- Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Yep. Thank you. I, I, she's been in other, she was in Westworld, I believe. Um, I don't know if you ever watched West, Westworld, but I think she was in that. Um, but yeah, that was, that was some acting. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. She definitely like just how she was like smiling and crying, but like <laughs> it was, like it was like ready to break, but yeah, yeah, that was that was really good. Cool. Yeah, and then uh, I got a couple quotes here, and you just have to tell me who said the quote. Um, I'm okay. not trying to, I'm not trying to trick you or anything. It's just sure. these are parts of the movie we really didn't talk about, but I just uh, I enjoyed okay. specifically. So there was a, um, this is two people. It's I'm mad you didn't take my advice, and it says like what, like don't go to a white parent or white girl's parents house what is she doing licking your balls or something uh clearly laurel um it would have been interesting if katherine keener said it though i think that would have been (laughs) (laughs) but yes that was rod's character uh saying that uh but yeah i I, i'd like to see katherine keener give that uh, (laughs) a reading to see how that came out (laughs) all right so then the next one is i want your eye man i want to see things you see Jim Hudson, the great Stephen Root. Is Stephen Root like great in everything? He is. <laughs> he's such a good actor. It's such, such you know. Just I don't know if you watch Barry. Uh, Barry's no, on, I, uh, I, I've Check heard out. I've heard good things though. He he is phenomenal in that. But yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, Jim Hudson uh, all day long. Yeah, and then the last one is uh, this is two people. It's uh, something to lighten the mood. Yeah, let's get this party back on track. How about sparklers and bingo? That is Mr. Armitage yes. uh, at the auction. And, oh, glad you said that, right? Another another thing in, in the background. This is after Andre freaks out, right? When that happens, Mr. Armitage is gesturing to the party. Hold back. Don't worry. We got this. Meanwhile, the son and Mrs. Armitage are taking him away to go get rehypnotized, right. and and again, it's it's the placing. It's like you know, they're because the people kind of know what's going on, but he doesn't want to alarm them, so he's doing it. Meanwhile, they go off, and of course, he says, "Thank you so much for helping me, you know, feel myself again." I mean, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's this is so rich. Is the whole thing is so rich. Right. So then the last thing I was going to do is I normally would give you three facts and then you just have to tell me which one was the lie. Uh, okay. But you had already told me which one was the lie. So I'll give you, I'll go oh, through no. the facts anyway. Okay, tell uh, me. 
So what I was going to say is that the script was inspired by a bit of Richard Pryor special, but it was it's actually the, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, yep. In Delirious. Um, but the other two facts uh, is the original – oh, I said this one earlier as well, after you already figured it out. Uh, but it was the original ending uh, – or we already talked about the original ending was going to be him going to jail, but people yep. were too disappointed. And then – the last one is the actor who played Dean didn't realize that the voting for Obama line was satirical until after he watched the movie and realized yeah. that he was actually one of the target, yeah. the, the targets of the uh, movie's message. Oh yeah. And I could tell you, I've heard people say that to me. I've literally, mm, yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, yeah, you know, and so, and it, yeah, so that's one of the reasons And maybe, you know, other people may feel differently because they're bringing different experiences, but, you know, I think it's one of the reasons why when people say, well, you know, why is, you know, why do we need to do it? Doesn't, it doesn't really matter who's, who's telling these stories, who's, who's in these stories. It actually does because I think this is a movie that does, I, I'm, you know, someone who doesn't share the same experiences as a character like Chris can still come away with that movie and, and feel very, you know, satisfied. But people who have come away feeling like not only do they feel satisfied by the story, but they feel like, wow, my experiences are in there. You know, mm -hmm. the, the meeting with the parents or um, conversations with people who are trying to make a connection with you to let you know that because they want you to know that they think you're, you're okay, but they do it in a way that is always tied to your identity. So right. it's kind of showing that that's what they see. They see this box. So, you know, What's your sport? You're like, well, how do you know he even has a sport? But exactly. you know, then, you know, I would have voted for Obama. And like, he knew the guy for two minutes. And then the <laughs> the slipping into the, the how long is this thing? <laughs> you know, this this familiar this over familiarity and trying to connect. I've experienced that. I know many other people have experienced that. It's not unique to black people. It, it happens in other contexts as well. But you know, I knew that brother. I've I've dated his that that character's sister before right. um i've met those parents i've been in that house i've been at at a, a occasions where yeah there is only other one person there you do have that conversation hey you know <laughs> like yeah. to see somebody else there <laughs> uh, so those things enrich the experience but i don't think it's actually necessary i do think it it, it does make it richer at least it did for me Right. Yeah. Uh, something that uh, just came to mind again is how you were talking about how people don't didn't see how Rose was like <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah. Like if you see after um, after they like get him downstairs and everything her she's like her appearance has changed like she's yeah. wearing like she's got her hair just like back in like a plain ponytail severe pony she's wearing yep. like very like plain clothes and she's listening i forgot what she was listening to but she was oh shoot i could i knew it it's um uh the time of my life from dirty dance right so just like very like <laughs> different music that she would probably be listening to something else while she was with him to to like kind of convince him that she was like there but yeah definitely a completely different person after uh, she already had him, and she was googling like uh, like fit black men or something <laughs> yeah, like that. It was uh, NCAA prospects. Yeah, and something like. That. <laughs> now I didn't catch this. I've read that one of those pictures was uh, uh, Keegan. Keegan, you know, uh, uh, Key. Uh, oh yeah, from Keegan. 
as one of the basketball players. I didn't I didn't see it. I was looking for it, but I didn't I didn't see it. I do feel bad for him. I mean, Jordan has got this uh, this other career, and you know he's keeping busy and stuff. But the 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 projects that he's working on are not nearly. Uh, <laughs> 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 so you know he could have he could have I maybe mean, not been Rob Rod or whatever, but you know he could have given his his, his yeah part there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's everything I had for this. I mean, I'm sure we could probably talk about every single part of this movie even more. Um, so I don't know if there was anything else that you wanted to bring up about this. No, no. I mean, yeah, you're right. I can go on for another hour, but we've been, <laughs> we've been on for an hour and Hey, I just yeah. want to thank you for uh, not, not only for having me on here, which, which has been a, a whole lot of fun, but also again, I wasn't going to watch it again. I'm like, I've seen this movie a bunch of times <laughs> and I sat down and I was like, maybe I'll fast forward. Nope. I was like, watched it straight through and I'm Mr. ADHD. I, I wasn't on my <laughs> phone. I wasn't doing, I was watching, I was paying attention. I was taking notes and, um, it's just it's it's so well done and it there's not a lot of fat in the movie um a right. little bit you know the the, the third book, you know if you want to cut something that's you know some of the rod stuff didn't need to be in there but for the most part this <laughs> thing this thing moves exactly and, uh you know so so if you haven't seen it people should go check it out but thank you Right. Yeah. And uh, another thing I seen while doing research was somebody said to watch the movie and specifically watch Rose because apparently yep. a lot of the stuff she does, um, you it kind of like tips her off early. Yep. So if well, you do, if you're going to watch it again, definitely keep an eye on Rose and what she's doing. Here's okay, and I'll <laughs> I really will close with this. <laughs> so you know, I mentioned the part where she tips off the woman, right? There are a lot of times in there where Chris does something that she does not want him to do, right? Mm -hmm. He wants to leave early. He wants to, you know, call Rod. He wants to do all these things. And she does not want him to do that. Her first reaction, you can see it in her face, but then she clicks and then she's got an answer and then she changes her demeanor. And that's something that uh, if you watch it again, you you should be able to catch that. So she, right. they, they, they all did a really nice job with this. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. All right. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to you get an Oscar. I have been your host, Anthony Martinez, and my guest was DK Hamilton. You can contact the podcast at you get an Oscar pod at gmail.com or on Facebook at you get an Oscar. These links will be in the show notes. Thank you. And I will talk to you next Monday.